Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you are welcome to the second episode of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lady Day Doll. Uh, we've a brilliant episode for you today. Um, I was joined in the studio uh, by the wonderful Hayley Pearl Quinn, um, a nutritional therapist, um, trained in functional sports nutrition and a health coach, um, and also more importantly, a jiu-jitsu blue belt, and even more importantly, my teammate. Um, we had a daily conversation about nutrition, uh, jiu-jitsu, uh, mental health, your gut, you know, how, how what you eat affects your life and 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 all that good stuff. Um, we also got to talk about, uh, obviously, jiu-jitsu, how she got into jiu-jitsu, getting her blue belt after nine months. And then we moved on to talk about kind of a more spiritual side, um, including ayahuasca and, and how she went and, and took two ayahuasca trips or went on two ayahuasca trips. So um, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, this is a good one. Hayley, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Thank you so much for coming in. I'm like, I'm trying to do like, man woman man woman each week and I was like right I'm going to get all these amazing women that are in my life on this show that's a good idea build them up yeah, yeah. so thank you so much I really appreciate it so we're here to talk about well the three main things that I want to talk about are obviously nutrition mm-hmm. that's your thing yeah and jiu-jitsu yes. and then a surprise end topic ayahuasca for all you ayahuasca fans um but um let's get let's fans just start ayahuasca. <laughs> oh, <you're fans. laughs> I'm going to turn down my uh thingy just a little bit is that okay yeah, same testing one two great um so tell me for a bit of background um for anyone listening we know each other through jiu-jitsu that's where Mm -hmm. we met each other um the gift that gives on keeps on giving jiu-jitsu love at first sight yeah Yeah. absolutely right uh hayley is an aquarius i am a leo very very (laughs) compatible um but uh basically as i was saying to shane here tonight before we started uh, uh recording we have a WhatsApp group, obviously, um, mm. with all the girls that train jiu-jitsu. And you are like the resident health guru. You know, we'll jump in and be like, I need help with food or what to eat or supplements. And you're our go-to yes. guy. You know, <laughs> we go to you more than we probably would go to our GPs, which is saying a lot. Yeah. Um, so let's start at the beginning. How did you get involved or get started in this wonderful world of nutrition? And to, to like, I mean... I, I said it in the intro, nutritional therapist, uh, member of nutritional therapists of Ireland's association. You're trained in functional sports nutrition and health coaching and obviously a jiu-jitsu blue belt. Yeah, so um, I suppose everyone, I think, who gets into nutrition in the health industry generally has their own story um, and a reason why they've gone down that line of work. Yeah. Uh, for me... I suppose, where do I start? I was out of school a couple of years. Um, I was messing around, as you do when you're out of school. A little bit lost, probably. I was uh, studying biomedical science. Well, I wasn't studying it, per se. I was more <laughs> enro- <Attending>. enrolled. <laughs> I don't know if I was even attending. I was enrolled. 
because um, I was always really sci- <laughs> my name was on a list <laughs> yeah, somewhere <laughs> <laughs> I was always really sciencey you know and I knew yeah. that I I, I loved uh, like in school I loved biology and everything like that you know um, so anyway uh, yeah messing around a bit I was partying a lot uh, I did my fair share of partying uh, for a good few years um, and I suppose uh, that didn't go without repercussions um, I'd had a good few rough years myself like for personal reasons a lot of things going on mm-hmm. um, and uh, my mom then was diagnosed with a brain tumour um when I was in my when I was 19 or 20 um and then myself uh when I was younger I had a really bad eczema I had asthma as a child I had a lifetime of urinary tract infections kidney infections that just were um coming back you know every couple of months almost I was hospitalized twice um what else I had a lifetime of migraines that it almost just accepted as something that was just normal and that was a part of me and I was getting headaches migraines that were so debilitating every couple of days almost you know um I got the shingles uh you know which is unheard of really well it's very very uncommon in a, a young girl. Young, yeah, that's kind of like an elderly person thing. So like I yeah. always assume my granddads get shingles. Yeah, exactly. You know? I remember going into a pharmacy and I kind of knew I had the shingles. I had yeah. this rash. And um, the pharmacist was like, no, 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 you're far too young. You, you couldn't have the shingles. No, no, no. Was, yeah. You know, and it wasn't until it was much, uh, li- a couple of weeks into it, um, I marched into a doctor's office and was like, do I have the shingles? And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah you should be really sick now, you know. Yeah. So anyway, um, had the shingles. I, I developed a stomach ulcer, uh, two of them, twice stomach ulcer. So, I, actually, this is, I, I don't even know this. Yeah, this is yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, um, and then you this, know this is so polar opposite to like I mean for anyone that 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 you know I will take a picture of you afterwards but like I mean you're visually now like stunning and the picture of health do you know what I mean like so to hear you say I had all these issues yeah. and I know how healthy you are inside and out mm. you know that it's like it's I Amazing. know it's mad. It's almost like this part of your life which is it seems like someone else when yeah. I when I say it back now yeah. you know um, so and go then, on, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like issues with um, food and and weight and my mental health probably wasn't too hot either, you know. So yeah. um, and it's funny when when there's all these things going on, you're going into a, a doctor's office or whatever, and you're at, you start asking questions. Mm-hmm. And I was always naturally really interested in the human body and uh, why things happen, and and I needed to know why. I needed to mm-hmm. like get to the bottom of it. So. And with my mom and everything, and you would go in and you would be asking questions, uh, you know, why did this happen or or what else can you do? Or is there anything that I could do like with my food or or lifestyle or yeah. anything that, that could have been done or, you know, down the line, any changes that can be made? And it's always just we don't know, we don't know, we don't know or no, you know. Yeah. So then that really wasn't good enough for me. I suppose I had to start looking into it more and... Um, like we were talking about earlier, the internet's a wonderful thing. And it's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> the rabbit hole of the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> all roads lead to cancer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Symptoms, so, all symptoms It's good in that it offers, you know, information <laughs> to everybody, you know, so yeah. everybody can uh, can look down for lines. But obviously, yeah, you can, like, there's a lot of scaremongering on the internet and things like that. And you can terrify yourself. But yeah. anyway, I started just looking into things a bit further. And um, I, I just got really interested in, in nutrition 
nutrition and health and the, and the, the human body and why things went on and pathology, biochemistry. So um, I decided to study nutritional therapy. Yeah, so I did that for four years. And, and how um, old were you now when you started, um, when you decided this? I was probably, my age right now, I was probably 22. Well, that's very young. Yeah, but it's not when you've had a couple of years uh, out of school where you don't really know what you're doing. You're yeah. not really, you know. Well, I was 29. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of us are late developers. And I remember feeling like I was very lucky that I found yeah, that. Absolutely. Um, because there were so many I always knew it was something along the lines I'd even thought about like medicine and all those type of things. Yeah. And I always knew it was something along those lines that I, I'd be interested in. Um and then I remember going into lectures and starting to learn and being like, Oh, I love this. Yeah. You know? And that's um, a key detail. Two things one is something that I'm really fascinated about is life purpose and understanding your life purpose and when you find it it's a feeling of kind of being found almost Mm. and secondly and it's something I learned through starting jiu-jitsu is that when I was in school through the kind of academic program I never thought that I was academic or that I was smart or intelligent or that I liked learning Mm. and then I started jiu-jitsu and I realized I love learning yes exactly Exactly. And it's like something that goes it's off when you types go. Different of intelligence. And yeah. Exactly. Or yeah. you read a book now and you go, oh my God, yeah. I love reading. Yeah. Like reading books yeah. are the greatest gift. And I think also when it's a choice, you know, sometimes yeah. kids are, they feel under pressure and they feel like they're forced into learning something. They have to learn it. And then all of a yeah. sudden when it's a choice, like I'm like that now, I only read, I don't even read fiction books. I only read like facts and I love information. Yeah. But it wasn't like that when I was st- studying, you know, when yeah. I was younger, you know, so. Which is yeah. so sad, right? Because how mm. many, how many kids or teens or young adults are slipping the net mm. of finding their purpose or sure. finding their true calling or something they're interested in yeah. because the education system aren't supporting them yes yeah exactly yeah and there's definitely like I think it's a people always say how do you know when you found something that you you're meant to be doing and it's like a fire in you yeah you know and you just get excited you mm-hmm. know I remember feeling that so and um yeah I decided to study nutritional therapy I loved it it was very difficult obviously because I was young enough and mm. uh, it's quite hard as well because um I was working and studying yeah. and um, I had to make a choice, I suppose, you know what I mean? And, and with that, obviously, alongside that, I um, decided to make a lot of changes in my own diet and lifestyle. Well, I was just about to ask, I'm like, are you still unhealthy <laughs> at this stage or are you like, I'm, you know... Uh, it, it takes time you know what I mean I started making changes I started learning a lot more about biochemistry and and um, talking uh, specific interest and in things that were going on for me um, and started to make changes and do things uh, differently heal my gut mm-hmm. all these kind of things and uh, would you believe it actually worked you know like I I went from uh, the migraines were a huge thing I went yeah. from you know having migraines just so regularly and I had just accepted them as something that I was always going to have to them being gone, you know, like just free of them. And that's like a complete weight lifted off your shoulders. And then the stomach ulcer, um, uh, usually you're given medications for it. um, And I got rid of it without medications, you know. Um, So, I mean, 
there's a lot to be said for that you know just those little things and it, I think Incredible. it was a couple of months you know three months maybe and um, for our listeners who are like you know listening to this and maybe experiencing the same things or mm. are know that they need to make some lifestyle changes but really don't know how to that don't have the tools to kind of you know, we don't all have the luxury of, you know, being able to afford personal trainers or nutritionists. And, you know, sometimes the internet can be a scary place when you're like, I want to get healthy. And then there's like, you know, a million different things. So what little changes did you bring into your lifestyle to begin to see these improvements coming in? Well, the first thing I had to do uh, was uh, reel back the partying and the socializing, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, when you're young as well, it's hard. Like I was saying, like your friends and my friends have always considered my friends, my family. Yeah. And um, and all of a sudden you're taking yourself out of that very hard mm. you have to be very sure that it's something that you need to do for me I did not I felt like I didn't even have a choice because everything was so debilitating for me and it was one thing after another mm-hmm. um, and I needed to almost survive you know and um, so yeah alcohol and the rest yeah um, <laughs> but um, cutting back on that's a big thing um, cleaning up your diet like you know um, pro- taking processed foods out mm-hmm. um, something um that can make a huge difference to a lot of people it doesn't have to be um an extreme change you know i think when people think that they have to go on a diet they think that they have to be really strict and just do this and and never enjoy anything in life yeah you know and like we were saying if you mess up once you know everything's gone out the window and you're a failure or whatever you know it's just it's make little changes yeah and i definitely think uh, over the years i've seen um the way that people make changes is usually there's a bit of traction in it yeah. you know instead of going if you're an all or nothing person fine and you think you can do it go all out and you know go on a, a restrictive diet or whatever you want to do yeah. um, but for most people a little change will make a little improvement and you'll see that improvement and you'll feel a lot better and then that will then motivate you to make another little change and then another little change and another little change which will head you down the right path you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is there something, is there one key thing that is a necessity in your mind? You're, you're saying to make all these little changes, but is there one major thing that you're like, look, if you get this sorted out, this will put you onto the right path where all these other little things will, will fall into place? Um, I think sugar intake is huge. You know, mm-hmm. sugar in all aspects, refined carbohydrates, um, gluten things not everyone the but dirty words <laughs> with the dirty word gluten because I mean the, it's a huge thing at the moment isn't it because there's mm. this, re- this this health revolution uh, especially over in mm. Ireland it's something that kind of we've never experienced before you know like potato and cabbage and a bit of meat on the plate that yeah. was your staple yeah, yeah. get out um, and now we have all these like obviously we have a lot of people now embracing veganism vegetarianism yeah. um, all these different kind of food lifestyles um, and health lifestyles and you know there's loads of people now that are starting to look you know get fit and mm. personal trainers and classes and getting into the kind of lifestyle of a healthier living yeah I think really actually something that would make a huge change to people is just like reframing the way you look at your plate. Yeah. Like in all these diets, okay, so there's like you mentioned the the vegan diet or vegetarianism, there's paleo, there's keto, there's, you know, whatever, all these different diets that pop up left, right and center. Um, 
The reason why a lot of them work for people is because the way that they're eating completely changes. It goes from eating a lot of processed foods and sugars and all these kind of things to primarily eating a plant-based diet. And when you say plant-based, it doesn't mean that you're a vegan or a vegetarian. It means that a lot of the things that you eat come from plants yeah. and, uh, you know, or salads or vegetables and things like that, because there are a lot of people out there who aren't eating them at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe once a week with their Sunday <laughs> yeah. dinner, they're eating their cabbage, you know, what yeah. I mean? but it doesn't come into your life because it's not convenient or whatever. So if you can just frame your your meals around around vegetables, uh, you know, salads, those type of things, and just try get as much of those into you because um, they provide so much nutrition. They do fill you up. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who says to me that vegetables don't fill you up, I challenge them to eat a head of broccoli in one sitting. Yeah. <laughs> they do. They absolutely do fill you up. Um, I'll sponsor an event where someone, <laughs> where 10 people go head to head who yeah. can eat a head of broccoli the quickest. And but, then, yeah. you know, from there, like build a plate on that, you know, you can add in whatever you want, whether if someone wants to be a vegetarian, you can eat yeah. plant, or, you know, plant proteins or if someone wants to eat meat or fats or whatever, they can add that in, you know but that will definitely steer you in the right direction just adding more vegetables into your diet adding more plants cutting in processed foods sugars do you follow a particular diet like a keto and i know you eat meat so not you're not being a vegetarian but um what would you say is your your diet of preference um i was very strict keto actually uh for a long time probably did it for about five years uh, I did the keto diet. So um, keto is like protein, fats. Yeah, so ketogenic diet, the idea behind it is that uh, when you're eating um, carbs, for example, uh, on a regular basis, uh, you're burning glucose, which is the source of fuel that you get from carbohydrates. And it's an easy, uh, quick burning source of fuel. When you go on a keto diet, what you do is you reduce those carbohydrates. And in place of those, you eat a high fat, uh, moderate protein um, low carbohydrate diet so uh, when you stop burning those that glucose as an energy source you start burning ketones Mm -hmm. and you get those ketones by breaking down fat and fatty acids and um, they're an amazing energy source they're really good energy source for your brain and um, they have lots of far-reaching health benefits Um, so it's very different from the standard diet and it is a little bit uh, difficult when people uh, usually start off doing the keto diet because you can uh, come up across all sorts of issues with headaches and uh, it's called the keto flu or the keto Why hangover okay. where you feel kind of like shit yeah. <laughs> for a couple of weeks um but when you come out the other side of that you're flying you know yeah. your energy is amazing you know it's like you're on super fuel um so i was yeah pretty strict keto for a lot of reasons mainly health you yeah. know, um, mainly health ketones are, are systemically anti-inflammatory. They're good for everything, really mm. very good for your brain. I was very, I took a particular interest in brain health with my mom and everything like that. So, yeah. um, so I was very spurred on by that. Um, and then kind of once you start, I always say once someone, most people don't know they're unwell until they start feeling well. And then all of yes. a sudden you go, oh, okay all right that's probably not really worth it because i've seen the other side of it you know what yeah. i mean you're, you're, a lot of people are chucking along through life with brain fog low energy yada 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 mm. etc etc and um and they don't know that they're unwell they think they're grand or they normalize yeah. it you know do you find that really frustrating that you might come across people in your life that 
you know, will put down uh, low energy, low mood, mm. all these different things to, oh, my job is stressful or long hours or, oh, it's just life. And you're like banging your head off a wall being like, no, there's an other side. No, you just have no. to crack, you know, you... And, and do, do, yeah, do you, do you do you have this battle where it's kind of this thing of, you know, trying to get people to understand that there mm. is light at the end of the tunnel, but also understanding that everyone's on their own journey course, and, yeah. you know, you can't force, yeah. you can bring a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink essentially, you know. I used to want to, you know, like help everyone and heal everyone. And yeah. I, I felt that I was almost pushing my ideas onto people and they didn't want to hear it and yeah. when someone's not ready for it they're not ready for it yeah. so now like you were saying in our whatsapp group someone asked me a question i absolutely delighted yeah, to help, I you know? i'm like three <laughs> two one here it comes and then there's like an essay comes delighted through. to help but, I, but yeah. i'll let the people ask me but it, it is that you know i always think it's it's quite funny how people um normalize things you always hear these things like oh it's normal for me to have headaches you know i yes. thought it was normal for me to have headaches but you have to uh, differentiate between normal and common they're two different things yeah. so yeah it was it, it common for me to have headaches but it's not normal you know yeah. PMS is a, a perfect example of it mm. you know people women who've had their whole lives you know really bad PMS you know calling in sick to work uh, yeah. bad mental health around those couple of days you know really really bad cramping all that kind of stuff and they would just say oh no it's normal for me it, it's not normal it's just common yeah. same with uh, skin issues rashes popping up here and there yeah, yeah. um ah, it's normal I'll fob it off you know uh, hormonal issues all this kind of stuff well it's interesting uh, especially you know especially around women with that that the whole time of the month pms mm. stuff or that and i definitely would have been guilty of that myself of i and i still do get if I eat clean and I've cut the processed sugar out and I'm training, I don't get really yeah. bad cramps. It's so, it's so, it's actually insane. Yeah. But if I'm drinking, if I'm eating unhealthy and then it's my time of the month, I literally for two days could be in bed, like in that yeah, much pain. Exactly. And I'd have to take like, you know, Feminax or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. And what jiu-jitsu taught me was obviously this new lifestyle. And then through that new lifestyle, I learned, okay, I'm getting these pains but it's not for no reason. There's something going on inside yes. me that's leading that yes. to be like that. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with a migraine mm. or if you get a break out of, obviously we were just talking, I went on holidays recently and I got like a little dermatitis under my eye and just under my and my nose. And I was like looking online and I was like, it's perioral dermatitis. You get mm. it from a changing environment. Which and just means inflammation of the skin around your mouth. You know what I mean? And you think I have a thing, but yeah. it's just a name exactly. for a symptom. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when I came back, obviously I was saying to you, I was like, oh, I have this thing. And we were like saying, I was looking online, the candida diet, which is no gluten, no dairy, no caffeine, no alcohol, no, no fun times, basically. <laughs> and then I ended up going to the doctor and she had prescribed me a steroid cream. And then everyone on the internet was like, don't put steroid cream on your face. Mm. It makes it worse. Long story short, got four different types of steroid creams. It all made it worse. And I just cut it out. And now I'm cleaning. I'm into like the fifth week and I'm cleaning up the diet. Yeah, no yeah, alcohol. Yeah, stuff, yeah. And it's getting better. Yes. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. and it's literally just like a little like flaky skin. But whereas someone would say, you know, and where the doctor didn't even question the diet elements of what I was eating. Mm. A lot of people are like that. I just have this thing. I just have this thing and yeah. I have to get an antibiotic or something to fix yeah. it. Whereas when you're on the other side, you think something's not right inside yeah. me. Yeah, they're all, they all 
are just symptoms of something downstream, a dysfunction yeah. downstream, and it's your body showing you that something's wrong. But because people are so used to it and because it is common, you know, to have all these things and things going wrong, mental health mm. is another, you know, big one. Um that people normalize it. And then you'll also see uh, within families, I would often see that like um, a woman will come in with whatever uh, going on and um, she would say, oh no, it's normal because my mum had it and my sister has it and this, that and the other. And it's like, yeah, you know, it may be, there may be a genetic component, but you also grow up in the same house, eating the same food, living the same lifestyle with probably the same stressors going on, you yes. know. So it's yeah, it's a, it is a difficult one. Um, I wish that I could, you know, uh, I'd say we all wish that we could help everyone, you yeah, know, and that everyone because once you do feel well, it's just like there's no. Yeah, but it's funny. I mean, even like we we'll say uh, my parents, you know, um, my mom gets a uh, arthritis in her thumbs, you know, mm. so she's on medication for the arthritis in her thumbs, and my brother, especially because obviously he he's he's um uh, studies nutrition as well, um, and he's always saying to her, you know, the lifestyle changes and like food intake and cut out this and cut out that, and she's just like, ah, oh, that doesn't work. I know. Yeah, yeah, you know, my yeah. dad can't. He gets pain in the lower back, and mm. he he goes from work to sitting on a chair to cutting the grass yeah. to walking the dogs to back to work, into bed, and and yeah. you know, d- my brother Dean is always saying you need to do a bit of stretching, you know, do yeah. roll out on the roller there. Like yeah. I'll show you a few exercises. Go away from me. That stuff doesn't work. I know, I know. And I always think that about um, when people what? say, "Oh, well, I walk." And it's like, well, yeah. humans are meant, meant to, walk. to walk. The bare minimum we're meant to do is walk. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, let alone anything else. Oh, well, I do my walking, you know. It's like, yeah. oh, okay. We have about 15 minutes a day You're doing in the here. basic in, of what a human should be yeah. doing. But, you know, it is difficult because people are, are conditioned into thinking <laughs> that... Um, this is the way that you eat and they don't know that and you know especially yeah. older people parents and stuff like that they're yeah. not gonna well some of them do my dad's pretty clued in but um they're not gonna know that uh, these lifestyle interventions may have first of all led you to this point yeah. you know quite likely to, to have led you to this point and can actually uh, make a change you know yeah. and, uh, and the problem is you can't just buy it in a pharmacy you yeah. have to do it yourself exactly which is a bit annoying and know? i think i think people need to be a little bit easy on themselves as well mm. because like you say you learn it's learned behavior it's what mm. you grow up it's what your environment so it's passed down from generation exactly, generation exactly, and your parents exactly. on onto you and like it's about having the, the the responsibility yourself to make a change and to you know stop it there so that when you go on to have kids or or if you're around the younger generation they learn a new path or a new way i suppose and that you can be around for them well, yeah. know yeah um and i think you would hear a lot of people saying uh oh well you know our grandparents ate this way and and they're all fine you know yeah. my granddad's 91 and he ate this way and they, you know blah, blah 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 yeah they did grow up in a different time you know now we have a, a much bigger uh toxic load of environments completely different stress is a huge factor when it comes to uh, your health and it's com- uh, often very much so overlooked or maybe taken into slight consideration but the the impact of of stress and your stress hormones on your physical health is so mm-hmm. is systemically so detrimental um so that's something that the, you know our grandparents probably didn't have in the, yeah. you know or or whatever you know didn't have back then and that's a, it's a huge factor absolutely well you let's know? talk about stress for a moment because i think a lot of people 
um, when they think about stress, they think about the, uh, an overweight man in an office with a cigarette <laughs> and like steam yeah. coming out of his head and like, yeah, come yeah. sell, 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 you know, and like yeah, someone yeah. close to a, a heart, heart attack. attack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's that stereotypical yeah. thing. But um, just explain to our listeners, like what what you consider stress or stressful factors in the life and yeah. what you can do to alleviate that or, or to eliminate that from your life yeah so stress exactly like people think of stress as a psychological stress and uh, obviously that is a huge part of it you know this pressure and work and life and uh, life happens you know and everything yeah. like that and and that plays a big burden um on your stress hormones and your your body uh, all around but um and the thing with psychological stress is a lot of people aren't doing much to combat that or they're trying to basically just uh, swallow it and get on with it you mm-hmm. know and uh this irish thing of i'll be fine i'm fine i'm fine you know yes. i'm resilient you know i'll yeah. be fine um so there's psychological stress but something that a lot of people don't think about is there's also um physiological stress um, which comes from food. So if you're eating foods that are inflammatory, foods that your body doesn't like or or recognize, like chemicals and, you know, things from processed foods and all these kind of things, alcohol, medications, all these type of things cause a physiological stress. So it's a physiological stress in the body, which does contribute to the whole load. Mm-hmm. And then there's also physical stress, which can actually come from uh, exercise, you know, and there's a lot of people and you see these guys out running, not to knock them, but guys <laughs> who are probably in that office smoking a cigarette and and stressed and, you know, up to their eyes at work and, you know, problems at home. And then on a Sunday, they throw on the running gear or hop on a bike yeah, and uh, go out for three hours and obviously with good intentions you're saying this and I know so many people that are like <laughs> their lifestyle with good intentions having a little picture for Instagram you know 4k on this morning <laughs> off to the pub yeah and you it's know? a it's a <laughs> with good intentions and uh, you know it is better than doing nothing or whatever you know yeah. but uh, it's a it's a physical stressor on the body and it, mm-hmm. it, it produces all that like long distance um uh, running and cycling and all that produces a lot of cortisol stress hormone um, yeah. which can be very detrimental and most people have too much of that you yeah. know and cortisol uh, impacts so many systems well your body. yeah I was yeah. just about to say yeah this is something that I've I've been reading about as well um, is is the stress factor with the cortisol levels and even uh, to the point of holding on to fat in the body and you're like training all the time and you're eating food and you're like why am I not losing weight and I'm talking about myself here because yes. Lindsay obviously our good friend mm. who's also a nutritionist a personal trainer um, you know I, she used to do the what's the calories thing yeah the body fat thing yeah the yeah. body fat thing and she would go and she would do my stomach and she'd be like yeah it's your what you're eating is stressing mm. I can tell that you're eating foods that are stressing your body because you're holding fat in like these particular areas and it's it's just something that you do not think about yeah. you're like it's so insane to think that that that, that it, I know it, it sounds so stupid or mental to think it but how food the food you eat actually affects your body and your mind and like you are a machine do you know what I I mean it's like insane and then you think that you're doing the right thing by exercising of course you know yes and so uh what stress the stress hormone does and you know when it's appropriately uh released in the body it has a 
you know a lot of benefits and it's needed it's absolutely essential yeah um but when you have it in excess what it can do is it has the same basically the same um effect as pretty much eating sugar it releases uh sugar into the bloodstream so you have all this extra circulating sugar in your bloodstream and the reason for that is because um uh, the reason why cortisol releases all this sugar into the bloodstream is uh, so that your body will be able to, you know, react to a stressful situation and be able to, like, fight a tiger, you know, that whole thing. Yeah. It's not uh, thinking that you're sitting at your desk doing nothing, you know yes. what I mean, or the yes. na- the tomorrow morning or whatever, you know, or yeah. you're going home after yeah. your run to eat a pizza and yeah. drink a six-pack of beer, you know. <laughs> so uh, you have all this extra blood sugar in your bloodstream and then, you know, your body has to do something with that. Mm-hmm. So it stores it and stores it as fat. You God know. damn it. And another thing which is quite often uh, overlooked is undereating because that's a stress in your body as well, you well, know, and that produces a lot of cortisol, which impacts your thyroid in a very negative way, in, in multiple ways, your thyroid, which controls your metabolism, yeah. you know. So people think, and obviously, um, calories are a factor in in weight loss but uh chronically undereating, which is very common in women yeah. and, and over exercising mm-hmm. um is is extremely stressful on the body i recently read something as well about how cortisol affects um people in the morning when they wake up in that uh, i think it was an article about um people training or going to work without having a breakfast and the the complaint is I'm never hungry in the morning when I wake up Mm. and that it was something to do with cortisol or that like it can suppress appetite or something and then it would yeah it would suppress your appetite um I don't know is breakfast still the most important meal of the day I don't eat breakfast (laughs) (laughs) I think I think the windows just broke (laughs) Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. I suppose See, you'd, you'd call is, it intermittent fasting. This is like, the thing, right? Yeah. Because there's so many mm. opinions out there of people who are valid, have valid opinions, you know. Why don't you eat breakfast? Like you're intermittent fasting. So yeah, so it came from that, you know, doing the keto thing and yeah. I was doing that for years and that all went great. My health improved uh, drastically, energy, everything like that. My brain function, I was able to do a lot more with my brain. Um, and with that, when you start doing the keto diet and all that, you yeah. um, become a lot more satiated with the food that you do eat. So you have to eat a lot. You don't need to eat as often. You eat okay. less frequently um, because the food that you eat sustains you um, for a longer period of time. Okay. So I always think of you as like a, a hybrid car, a human as a hybrid car. You have two fuel sources. Right. And one of them, the, the glucose or the sugar is um, the petrol. And the ketones are are the electricity, okay. and uh, the petrol's like short and short burning, um, cheap, whatever, or you know, short burning, cheap for not necessarily good for the environment, yada yada yada. And then the electricity is much better for the environment, yeah. more sustainable, yada 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 yada. So the ketones basically carry you longer um, with your energy levels, and you're not so reliant on constantly having to snack and all that kind of stuff so yeah. naturally you become uh your need for eating you know really really frequently becomes a lot less so okay. you become much more satiated with one or two meals a day um and it kind of ties into this whole intermittent fasting thing which is kind of a, it's a buzzword, buzzword at the moment yeah. isn't it so what time do you eat your first meal at I usually eat and what is it i usually eat at like one or two 
Now, I used to be, I did all these extended fasts. I used to do um, like 72 hour fast. I did 96 hour fast. Every week I used to stop eating on a, a, a Sunday night and not eat until a Tuesday at lunchtime. Then I started doing jujitsu. <laughs> I was about to say, from that went out the window. Train on a Monday evening, like train on a Monday evening, yeah, fasting and uh, no go. And that was very interesting. That's a good good lesson for me actually, because I had to adjust my my eating a lot mm. with, uh, in line with training because I was just uh, unable to. But there'll be a lot of people listening to this that will hear that and go, well that's an eating disorder yeah. you're not eating for three days yeah, you know yeah, like a lot of people don't understand no. the you know obviously there's huge um health benefits mm. to intermittent fasting and to fasting but a lot of people again think that you fast and then like you could just have like a triple cheese sandwich and like no, you know like yeah, a burger yeah. it's but there's like a process in, yeah. in 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 i think it's not to be taken lightly as well especially for women uh doing fasting it can very quickly get blurred along those lines of having of eating disorders and unhealthy relationships with mm-hmm. food. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't recommend everyone or anyone to uh, just take up intermittent fasting. Um, I think you have to have a right mindset for it. You know, the reason I was doing it was absolutely for health reasons, for your immune system. Um, there's a process called autophagy, which occurs after a certain amount of time of... of um, fasting and it basically is when your your cells it means self-eating your cells uh die off and kind of clear off all the all the bad cells and everything that very good for your immune system um and then you produce a hell of a lot of ketones which are you know really really good for um a lot of things so yeah i mean i was doing a lot of fasting and all that kind of stuff and um more like self-experiment and yeah that's how i used to measure my ketones right i mean that's that's what you need to do is like You can be told all these different things, but it's about what works for you. Exactly. You know, and then so now basically what I do is I just do any breakfast and I just I don't so feel the, I don't like, feel hungry in the morning. And what, but what I do do is I, I I'm not strict on it. I if I feel hungry at 11 a.m., I'll eat at 11 a.m. Yeah. What do you, you eat at 11 a.m. though? But my first meal is usually at about at lunchtime and I'll eat like, oh, whatever. I, like, I love eating. I love yeah. food. You know, you're know? always eating. <laughs> I'm like, you're always cooking and you're always eating. It's brilliant. So I love food, you know, so I'll eat something nice, you know, but it'll be health. I consider a health giving I want meal, to know exactly you know? what you're eating for lunch. Uh, today I had a, a salad with salmon and it had pumpkin seeds and stuff in it, you know, Lovely. and then always some dark chocolate or something sweet good to hear good to hear you know and I'll eat enough you have to make sure you don't especially if you're skipping a meal you're opening yourself up to a lot of nutritional deficiencies you need to make sure that when you are eating because it's a third of the things that you normally would eat gone Mm -hmm. so you need to make sure that you're eating enough in that time you know you're not under eating and you're not eating you're eating the right foods before we Something move to on consider. to talk about obviously jujitsu, mm. the most important part. Um, but uh, supplements, what supplements are you are your go to? Like, what supplements should all women, in your opinion, be taking? Um, so supplements, funny one. So you work for a supplement company, <laughs> but um, plug your shit. <laughs> everyone, everyone always um asks me and I think it comes yes, back to I'm this. saying that because I literally ask you all the time <laughs> should I be taking zinc now and then should yeah, I be taking yeah. my D3 and like I mean I always say if there's such a thing as taking too many supplements I had to drop dead a couple of years ago because I take loads or, you know just because yeah. and I've sure tried them all and everything but I reeled it back a bit now but I always think that I can't tell someone to take a supplement without telling them 
to address the baseline and the baseline is what you're putting into your body and just eat nutritious food eat real food that grew or had a face you know (laughs) (laughs) eat vegetables um you know cut out there'd be some child out there looking for a vegetable with a face on it now <laughs> this woman said there's a the face the next on thing it. in gmos would be carrots for face you're telling me it? it's on the way um so i can't i can't tell someone just take all these supplements they'll they'll you know solve all your problems um but generally with the way the food is at the moment and our lifestyles it's very hard to get all of your nutrition from um your diet yes. regularly you know you'd have to be calculating things and um so a, a good quality multivitamins baseline generally if it can be from whole foods or organic um most people probably need magnesium yeah uh, magnesium is the calming mineral um and where we get magnesium is green leafy vegetables um and we don't eat a lot of them um, so magnesium at night time is really nice because it can help you sleep. Um, you know, a lot of people with magnesium deficiency, things like restless leg syndrome, cramps, digestive issues, headaches, yeah. those type of things. Um, besides magnesium deficiency. Um, so magnesium, uh, good idea to probably look after your gut, take a probiotic or eat fermented foods um, like sauerkraut or drink kombucha or kefir or something like that. Um and uh, I will be a big fan of CBD as well. CBD is uh, seeing a lot of people get a lot of benefit. Yeah. Um, out of CBD, just inflammation and uh, I think for anxiety and things like that. I'm hearing a lot of people getting yeah. great benefits out of it. But you know, you can go on and on and on. But and then maybe into the winter, you might need to change that up, support your immune system a little bit more. Um, but just general multivitamin, probiotics, yeah. sorry, fish oil as well. It's always a good idea. Good quality fish oil good for everything your gut inflammation yeah Yeah. fish oil um i can't eat fish Mm. i've tried so hard like over the years to eat fish and i just can't i think i might have been a fish in a past life or something it's It's very weird in ireland we live on this island surrounded by water but no one eats fish yeah and have the best meat of like you know anywhere and i have such a hard time with meat as well and it breaks my heart i want to eat meat i i go into the butchers to buy like you know i know you hate the word chicken. But <laughs> I don't hate it. I don't hate it. My least favorite. Your least of the favorite meat. Yeah, yeah. I literally a chicken fillet. That's all I can. I yeah. can bring myself to, or like your mince or something that doesn't look like an animal. You know. Yeah. And I go in and I see all these meats and steaks, and I'm like, just do it. Just buy it and cook it. But I just can't. I can't bring myself. I hate cooking it. I hate preparing mm. it. And mm. I'm temperamental when I'm eating it. It's yeah, very yeah, strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's all those years of not eating meat. It's some yeah. psychological. I probably should go to like a food therapist. And... I have a friend who got hypnotized into eating vegetables. No and it way. worked. Yeah. Really? He got hypnotized into eating vegetables. He didn't like them when he was younger. His parents sent him to hypnotist. This is insane. <laughs> She's hilarious. And it worked. He eats vegetables now. Well, that's a key detail. That's something so. To I don't into. know if it, I have no idea. I'm going to call the salmon king. I'm going to be like eating salmon for I days on end. No idea why it works or if it would or whatever, but it it's did work funny, for him. Isn't it? And but I fish. Yeah, you should probably just supplement with a fish oil. Yeah, you know, um, 
you're not really getting omega threes um, from anything else in high amounts unless you're eating huge amounts of algae or anything like that. But you know, I actually just uh, <laughs> eating considerable amount of algae. Actually, <laughs> so fish oil. Yeah, you probably should just supplement with it. I'm always wary of telling anyone that they should take something for you know, yeah, indefinitely. But it's, it it's you're not going to be eating fish. You've got a suitcase of product to sell here. Like you should be taking no, this, no, no, this, no, no, and no. this. Sell, sell, sell. And if you are eating fish, the smaller ones are probably better. Because I've had less time to accumulate toxins and things. God, it's all about toxins. Right, well, moving on. Anyway, that's that's actually so good, that nutrition pep. I know someone will listen to that. They'll be like, oh my God, so many nuggets of information. But let's get to the real good part of your story. Jiu-jitsu. So Mm. two years ago... Hayley yeah. came into my life, walked into our <laughs> jiu-jitsu gym nervous and wreck. a nervous wreck like yeah. we all were. And you became just part of the, not only the extent, obviously the team, the extended team, but the girls team, who, mm. which is precious because mm. anyone who trains martial arts, anyone who trains jiu-jitsu, that is a woman will know how important it is to have another woman, yeah. if not you're blessed with many women to yeah. train with for a whole host of different reasons, not just because of body weight and strength and different things, but the camaraderie, mm. I think that yeah, the, so the, the women's team uh, brings. Thing, really, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So Hayley came along and it's a strange thing because so many women start and I think when you've trained for a couple of years like myself, Renock Shiv, like all, all those girls who were there when I started first, the women start and you obviously are lovely, you get to know them, you try and help them as much as possible but you don't get attached you wait and you have to wait because uh, yeah. you've seen so many drop off, yeah. you know, where you go and, and, and for me definitely I'm like I don't want to get attached because uh, when they don't come back it's hard you know it's hurtful especially if you really enjoy training with them you know but you came along and like you fit in so well and you just became obsessed with jiu-jitsu and I remember someone one of the girls grabbing me by the hand at the end of class at the end of class saying don't quit yeah (laughs) don't stop coming to jiu-jitsu and I was like I'm not gonna but I think obviously because I remember another girl saying to me at one time um God, I'm so terrible at this. Like, what's the secret? And I just said, just keep going. Just don't stop. You have to keep coming. Like, it, I know it will break you down and you'll feel like everything that you do mm. is telling you to stop. You have to fight it and break through and it will be Turn worth up. it. Yeah. She quit. Like, she didn't <laughs> come back. You know, so know. obviously my pep talk was shite. Um, but uh, you, and obviously you're a blue belt, jiu-jitsu blue belt. You got your blue belt. I think you might've been the quickest girl in her gym to get her blue belt you got it after like nine months and Dara is who is obviously Dara O'Connell is a head coach in East Coast Jiu-Jitsu Academy is you know so known for not giving out belts or promoting people do you know what I mean like it's such a big deal so it was huge and I, I told you before this um we were talking a couple of weeks ago myself, Renock and Shiv with Purple Belt and Blue Belt at East Coast Jiu-Jitsu Academy. And they were, well, Renock was saying the reason why he had given you the Blue Belt after nine months was because you were making an attempt, you knew what you wanted to do at every move. So every bad position or good position that you got into, you knew what you wanted to do, but you just couldn't do it because you were a little white belt and you were only <laughs> learning, you know? But whereas Everyone's someone else, me, yeah. would go in and be just like, yeah, yeah. Ah, like a literally like a Labrador puppy. I don't know what the hell I'm doing here, you know? Um, so yeah, talk us about like how you got started. You know, I don't think we ever yeah. sat down and spoke about like why you decided to come train jiu-jitsu it's funny I think um 
two of my good friends actually uh, were training in East Coast to my guy friends and they'd been talking about it a bit and I'd see them coming back from training and I was kind of taking an interest in it and they'd said to me a couple of times oh, you should give it a go like oh Hales you really like it and I was like oh, okay and had you done anything in martial arts before no martial arts I mean I'd done a couple of boxing classes you know yeah. nothing to write home about yeah <laughs> um, never enjoyed it at all either uh, I thought I consider myself fit enough at that point you know looking after myself all right I was going to the gym working out all that kind of stuff uh, got an absolute smack in the face when I started training jiu-jitsu <laughs> realized I was not fit at yeah, all it's funny isn't it um, I definitely wasn't fit but even when I yeah, thought I was fit yeah. I realized I wasn't fit it's just you're sore in places that you didn't know existed in yeah. completely different places you know it's just everything's working that it wouldn't usually be yeah but anyway yeah they've been talking about it and I remember one of my friends I decided I was going to start and I knew Dara um from he went to school some of my cousins and stuff like that so I kind of knew him from around yeah. there I knew he, he and Chris um I knew they trained jiu-jitsu and um so uh one of my friends in their kitchen i was like hey show me this jiu-jitsu thing you know really interested and uh <laughs> got down the floor and i think he he got me in his clothes guard he swept me and then uh, passed my guard or something you know inside control and i was like jesus you're very what close is, yeah, what is you're it? really close to me like completely freaked out and i was like <laughs> you better get used to that <laughs> literally you know. closeness goes yeah. out the window <laughs> I was so weirded out by it I was like oh you know yeah. and anyway I started and um, I've been down on Wednesday I think and, and at that time there wasn't a lot of beginners I think I was me and maybe one other or two others that were very new. Everyone else was there a little while. Obviously, they're beginners, but um, but you know the way now it's like big waves of beginners coming in. Yeah. And I didn't start with anyone, but I had my two friends, and obviously I was incredibly nervous and um, went in, and I remember just leaving, being like, "What the hell was that?" You know, <laughs> yeah. like Shook. completely fascinated, and um, went home. And uh, of course, up all night, like thinking about it. Couldn't stop thinking about it. I still have my notes from the first day. I still taking. I started taking notes day one. No way. So I think it's like uh, I don't know what it was we did, but anyway, I still have my notes, and uh, it's so funny reading back on them because it's obviously me trying to understand the move. Yeah. Um, but yeah, up all night looking things up and I just became fascinated, like ordered loads of books, you know, on jujitsu and just needed to know as much yeah. as possible. And um went back the next day and obviously woke up the next day in bruises all over me yeah. and so much pain Ribbons. and I was like yeah, yeah and I remember it was a Wednesday when I started and in East Coast on a Friday there's Friday night there's sparring and I messaged Dara being like can I come to sparring <laughs> after doing two classes no way it was because I just like... wanted to go again yeah, I just yeah. wanted to learn more my friends had said come down with us and basically they just what they did they were great because uh, they just beat me up so bad for yeah. so long which forced me to learn you know and and I was just absolutely fascinated and I, I felt like and I've always been when I find uh, get interested in something I need to know everything about it yeah jiu-jitsu was mad because you can't know everything about it. There's, you know, you, you can try and learn as much as you can, but all you can do is learn little by little and add it yeah. in bit by bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just trying to take it all in, just wanted it. And since then, I've just been completely hooked, you know. Yeah, and you're competing now as well. Yeah, and I actually, I uh, injured my ribs pretty badly three weeks in. And um, I, I don't know if I cracked them or dislocated them or something, but I was... Um, the sign-up rate off this podcast is going to be absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I injured my ribs, you know, whatever it happens. I was 
whatever I did um, and Angel Marie Reeves and uh, I had to take six weeks off and I was devastated about it and I remember uh, hobbling into my dad's house one day I had to sleep uh, sitting upright and everything couldn't drive or anything Anyway, Terrible. my dad obviously didn't understand at the time. Now he understands a bit more. And uh, he was like, oh, you're going to stop doing that, aren't you? Yeah. you know? And I was like, I'll tell you one thing I won't be doing. And that's stopping jiu yes. I'm going yeah, back yeah, as yeah. soon as I can. Yeah. You know? And then I went back and I've just been training ever since. It's funny, and right, about the injury thing. Because obviously, mm. like, I broke my ankle. I was out for, like, essentially nine months. Mm. And, like, I remember from being in the hospital, what I was talking to you about was, like, the tears rolling down my face like asking the doctor how long will it be before I can get back and he mm. was just like can we just like put this plate in your leg first and then we can discuss yeah. it you know <laughs> but it's like when you do jiu-jitsu like yeah. all you want to do is jiu-jitsu because yeah. it fixes everything yeah. you know <laughs> really like everything. I always I remember sitting down and I was thinking about this and I was like why is this so addictive I suppose you could say uh, why do so many people that get into it just get completely obsessed, obsessed? yeah and uh, I think it's because it kind of has all the components of happiness you have um it's it's mentally engaging you know and uh, you know you're solving a puzzle and you're trying to work things out and it's not a lot of things in your adult life where you can be uh, mentally stimulated and you're playing you know what I yeah. mean like you don't get to play as an adult um it's physical exercise of course physical exercise you know produces endorphins and gives you mm-hmm. a, a, a you know good elated feeling afterwards um and then the sense of community you know yes. it has all those things together which which make up happiness yes. you know and there's this yeah. lovely family and there's so much love you know I think it's hilarious what we do like we go in and everyone's just like <laughs> killing each other but loves each other it's you know? so and funny it's a when, nice when a, a parent comes in to pick up their kids <laughs> yeah. and they come in and they look through the the window and they yeah. see us training like mm. the adults and they're just like looking going like what is wrong with them yeah. like it's so strange yeah, yeah. and and stuff like even do, do you notice like when you go to somebody's house for like movie night or like dinner and I always sit on the floor or I'm like yeah, rolling yeah. on the floor or, you know like or even if it was my friends who have kids are like you know I'm a lot my, one of my friends always like saying like you're brilliant with the kids you love me like you're so yeah. able to be on the floor and they have little like mats for their play area you're like, like you I'm just practicing like, my back just takes <laughs> I'm just kind of like getting them in I'm just having them in like psychodrolling I'm just like you know <laughs> but uh, it's just a strange thing yeah, and it's like it's hilarious like I sit there sometimes on the side of, side of the mat and I'm just like this is hilarious a bunch of adults and another thing I love about jiu-jitsu is it's a and the gym it's an even playing field you know you go in there first of all as a woman i love this there is no special treatment as a woman and a girl going through life you get special accommodation special treatment here and there you treat it a little bit differently yeah and i remember going into the gym and part you expects that and there's just none of it and I think it's great. I love that. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's, you're in here, you do the work, you know, y- you have to put in the work and yeah. to get you where you want to go. Don't get you don't have to go through the motions. Exactly. You know? You're not accelerated because you're a woman and you're not treated less because you're a woman. You're, you're, no. It's the first time you're Even. actually equal. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You're not pandered to in a different way. But let me ask you, in, in that terms of equality on the mats, mm. obviously, you know, 
there's the big debate about like men, women, the great divide and strength mm. and physical ability. And, you know, obviously like there's guys that like are just bigger than you and you can have the better technique, but they'll just mill you because like they're like 150 kilos they <laughs> because they want to and they want to show you that they can, yeah. you know. So uh, what what's your view on that? You know, it, like for me, I definitely learned that. Um, my body is not just a, a a tool of you know a physical visual. Mm. It's it's got a purpose. It's strong. It's it can do these this amazing thing. But then you get used to sparring guys, and you kind of go like, oh, so mm. I I recognize I'm a woman, and that yeah, not I'm inferior, but I you just understand species, I suppose, a little bit better. Yeah, you do understand. There's a definite uh, difference in the physicalities in men and women, and and whether those men want to um, you know take advantage of that or not is up to them. Um, I think uh, I always I was saying to one of the girls, it's like the person in the gi, like you don't really think of what sex they are. And I love that about jiu-jitsu as well. So I'm yeah. very, very asexual. Um, I, they may as well be a bag of oranges in the gi. Do you know what I mean? You're just trying to do your jiu-jitsu and they're trying to yeah. do their jiu-jitsu yeah. and it's this, you know. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is if guys want to, you know, get yeah. strength over and all that kind of I stuff. I remember when, go on. Ideally, we could all get to the point where yeah. our jiu-jitsu is so good that that wouldn't matter. <laughs> No, that's the goal that is it? true that is true you that know? is true um, but it is like those hard times when like we were talking about this um, when you have it, it's hard and you're getting beaten up and you know it's it happens a lot more often than you're doing the beating up um, and but you come out the other side of it mm. and you think I survived what were that. you calling it earlier on jiu-jitsu tears what was Matt tears Oh, uh, the jiu-jitsu cry. The jiu-jitsu cry, <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, like anyone listening yeah. that does jiu-jitsu, you're like, it sounds terrible. You're like getting injured. Yeah. You're like crying. <laughs> like men are showing their dominance. What's going on? No. It is the most amazing thing that both of us have it's ever done with our lives, right? Thing, like, yeah. We come from such different backgrounds yeah. and this is this one thing that we can be united on yeah. and passionate about and mm. It's being understood by another person or a group of people and you don't have to say a goddamn yeah, word. Yeah. You just have to do your jiu-jitsu. Exactly, yeah. And the other thing is, I think it's great about uh, when you go into the gym, no one knows what job anyone else does. Yes. Your status, all of that is just gone. Yes. You're yes, all yes, on yes, even yes, playing yes. field. But the jiu-jitsu cry is a funny one. Hey, well, don't know actually any guys if they want to tell us if they have the jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu cry. Jiu-jitsu <laughs> let us know. But How we, this came about, the jiu-jitsu cry came about is I um, finished training one night and I was like literally sitting out around, which I hate doing because we only do about like six or seven rounds at the end of training, right? So mm. I'm like, oh, I love to do every round. So when I sit out around, I kind of beat myself up on it. Like, you lazy, get out there and just get bed yeah. up and do it, right? But I sat out, out around and I was like, just I could feel the tears in my eyes mm. and I was like, what is going on? And I got worried because I thought there was some kind of subconscious emotional trapping mm. that like something was going on in, inside me that I wasn't aware of and that it was coming out now at this awkward moment and you know when I get those moments I it, they scare me because sometimes I worry that it's a trigger that is going to send me back to where I was pre-jiu-jitsu bad lifestyle yeah. he- unhealthy living uh, negative mindset so mm. when I that's ha- happens and it gets triggered I go oh shit, like, is this, am I starting to like have a nervous breakdown here or what's going on, right? So when I left and I got home and it hadn't shifted and I was kind of weepy, 
Yeah. Felt weepy, yeah. and it had happened a couple of times. I need to let it out, but yeah. I couldn't cry because I was like, "What? You, I have nothing to cry over. Exactly. I've no There's nothing reason. going on. Yeah. What's happening?" So I put into our girl group, our WhatsApp group, our infamous ECGJJ girls group WhatsApp, um, where I was like, "Look, girls." this is what's after happening tonight mm. and like I just need to talk to you guys about it and then like literally as soon as I put it in yous were all like blah, blah. Yeah. and then you were like jiu-jitsu cry jiu-jitsu cry <laughs> explain to listeners what, what your your uh, perception of jiu-jitsu cry is it was a right smack in the face for me because I'm not a crier like I'm quite the opposite I was not good enough at crying yeah. you know and um I uh, I remember having my first jiu-jitsu cry and I was like what the hell is this exactly the same thing and um, I think it's just you know and it's for no apparent reason you're just you're in class everything could have been going fine you might have had you know usually it's after a bit of sparring and you've had a couple of hard rounds or whatever but nothing it's not because of something happened or you made a mistake there's no specific reason but you just uh, it seems to do something and I believe this happens to people who practice yoga regularly as well uh, it's kind of cathartic in that yes. it releases emotion and it brings the up backward something. what's the the arch the backward arch what's that called in yoga the backbreaker thing where you bend over uh, like a rainbow. Back bend? Back yeah, bend, yeah, yeah back bend. Mm. Apparently that's when oh, most really? people do their most crying, yeah. Really, yeah, yeah. So apparently, yeah, and I I suppose it's probably the same idea and that it, it has a release and it's mm-hmm. cathartic. I was thinking as well, like what you were saying, it might bring up those times when, you know, you get out of uh, sparring or whatever and you're, you survived. It was hard and, you know, it is, it is kind of relentlessly hard and always going to yeah. be hard, you know, and, um, uh, but you survived and you're all right. Yes. You know, a little bit empowering, maybe. And yeah, exactly. It and might to bring... be a woman and like confidence and all these yeah, levels. Yes. Yeah. And it might bring up those things in the past where it was hard and other things that went on in your life that were difficult, but you survived, mm. you know. So uh, that happens. And it all know, comes flooding all... in this yeah. one moment. <laughs> I'm strong. I can do this myself. I'm empowered. I'm yeah, confident. Yeah, I'm a woman. Yeah, I'm... Yeah. But I'm at the time, to watch Sex in the City. <laughs> at the time, we were just like, I remember we'd all, you know, we'd sit in the, sit down after we finished sparring and we'd stand up to sh- to all shake hands and everything. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. I'm yeah. like, Jesus, you know, really. like, yeah, yeah. Embarrassing, you know, like, and then I remember going into the change rooms once and I said it and I think of a shave or something. I was like, yeah, me too. And we were both just like, oh, <laughs> like it's, or something. And we were all just feeding it, you know, and yeah. it was mad, you know. It's also a very amazing thing um, for us to be able to, you know, share together and bond over, you know. It's like how I was only saying this, how many times in your adult life do you meet a group, meet people where you go, oh, we're going to be friends, you know, and we've all done that with each other. It's yes. such a, it's an amazing thing, you know. It's like, we you know, when, uh, when you see like toddlers in a play group in play school <laughs> and they're like, you're my best friend now. <laughs> You are going to be happy forever. It's not exactly what it's I'm like. I'm also open about it. <laughs> you know. Um, Excuse me, sorry. But yeah, the jiu-jitsu cry. Coffee. I would love to know if any of the guys are getting the jiu-jitsu cry because we've all told each other about it. But Sometimes we, we listen because our change rooms are next to each other. So sometimes like we'd be like listening in with like a glass. What are they talking about in there? No, again, we don't. But um, not getting off the topic of mm. jiu-jitsu, right? But moving slightly around to because key detail for what you say there uh the dressing room or the change room that changing room in our gym like how many women are there in total like 10 12 women in total yeah. maybe well, it's a lot more now started but yeah if, oh. of the core yeah, yeah, yeah. that guys that are there every night yeah. like there, there's like we'll say maybe 10 12 
that changing room is like a therapy session. Like it's like a therapy room. Like I mean, like I've finished training at half seven and I'm leaving at nine some nights. Like literally I'm sat on the floor and I'm like chatting to all you guys and we're talking about men. We're talking about relationships. We're talking about family. We're talking about like... It's like an open space, isn't it? It's it's such a safe space. Mm. And like literally there's times I'm getting changed and like everyone's just yapping away and I'll be like okay so I need to talk to you guys about something and it's actually like you know like an American sitcom or something. okay you guys so this guy just texted me and blah blah you know like or I have this rash or I have this fucking toe that's turned out or whatever it is know. you know and it's just I've never yeah. there's no judgment yeah absolutely this, and it's yeah, honest lovely. like people will tell you like oh we're all so open and honest with each mm. other and it's because we've we've like we've bonded on the mm. mat so there's nothing that can't be said or there's no judgment on it's a very weird thing you know and I have loads of girlfriends but like there's something about yeah. that group of you all that is like very honest and open and really pure wants to help each other as well and I know yeah. that's a, it sounds like obviously you'd want to help each other everyone else would want to help each other yeah. but in walks of life not necessarily and in Ireland and stuff people don't necessarily like to see everyone or other people doing well or or bettering themselves yes. or helping themselves it, often a negative spin a lot can of, put yeah on. a lot of people think mm. that if somebody is trying to better themselves either lifestyle wise mm. health wise or in job or whatever it is that because they're doing better them them, them themselves are mm. not doing better that they're failing in some way yeah you it know, brings so it up triggers, their own it triggers their own things yeah unfortunately you know and they you'd hear them saying things like oh they're obsessed with it you know and and that's just their way of reassuring them you know not doing whatever you know and it is a pity yeah you know but but we don't have that in amongst our yeah. group of girls it's really nice you absolutely know, it's really yeah lovely and refreshing. but why we're talking about the um the change room is because we had a very interesting conversation one night when it was just the two of us which yeah. never happens and we spoke about i don't even know how it came up but I talked to you about ayahuasca and I was like, yeah. you know, there is, uh, I've heard about this and I'm interested in and blah, blah. What have you heard or what mm. do you think about it? And you were like, well, I've done it <laughs> twice. <laughs> and I was like, I was going to need that. I'm just like, I think I sat on the floor and I was like, tell me more. And we spoke for like an hour about yeah. like your journey mm. in ayahuasca. So I'm really interested because ayahuasca has kind of turned into a bit of a buzzword as well. And a lot mm. of people are, um, talking about it are interested about it people that are trying to get on this like a spiritual um life spiritual change yeah. maybe are now starting to go to ayahuasca but i don't I, I mean i've read about it i haven't ever done it you've done it you've experienced yeah. it it's i assume it's definitely not something that you want to rush in and jump in and and, and do not at for, all for our listeners for our viewers that are watching for our listeners that are listening um, what what was your experience of ayahuasca um, give them an understanding of it and how did you get on to actually go to do it yeah. um, I mean I'm no expert in ayahuasca I only have my own experience how it came to be um, I think I just yeah with you know um, changing your lifestyle and becoming more uh, I suppose connected with yourself in tune with yourself and I, I started meditating I started doing transcendental meditation um, which was so helpful for me which, did you use um, David Lynch did you do the David Lynch yeah, foundation yeah I did a course yeah, yeah, okay. yeah the, I just did it in the TM centre in Dublin is he the, the only person who does trans 
transcendent <clears throat> he David Lynch uh, I think is he, he creates that he is a charity um, that right. tries to I think incorporate uh, TM into prisons and schools and things okay. like that because he uh, does TM and uh, so is it trans transcendental meditation. transcendental mm. meditation and is this the meditation that you get a word or something yeah and you so have it's to called repeat a, it like a mantra yeah it's called okay. it's called a mantra and I was like what the hell a mantra but when he said that to me but it really is a word or it's a sound because the okay. word doesn't mean anything to right. you um so you're given a sound which is assigned to you by your um teacher and it's kind of the the opposite of med- of um mindfulness Okay. Instead of because I tried loads of mindfulness, I tried vipassana meditation stuff like that, which is thinking about nothing. Yeah, um, and fucking hard to do. Nothing there. I yeah. can't stop thinking about everything. Oh, I'm shit at meditating. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. and like, I'm oh, is that a bird? I have to sit a certain way or whatever. Whereas this, you don't have to sit a certain way, just upright or whatever. You're given this word or sound, and you basically just repeat it. Okay. Sounds simple. It is very simple. Egg and um, chips. Egg and chips. Egg and, chips. <laughs> chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Um, and you repeat it in your head. And the idea. I don't. You know, I'm not an expert on it either. But it, the idea is it guides your mind into a a, um, a, a transcendent state where okay. you're more aware. So you're not necessarily going asleep or into you know but you're going, you're more aware. And for me, I found it created an amazing space in my head. Right. For things to, for my head to get clear and for things to come in. And and just, uh, I found an incredible peace that I got from those 20 minutes. This is 20 minutes that you do. Yeah. Um, 20 minutes twice a day, I think, ideally. Um, and I just found an incredible peace and a, a amazing feeling afterwards. You'd feel energized, you know. Are you and doing this in the morning and the night? Because yeah, I mean, a lot of people are hearing that I and they're do. like, 20 minutes twice a day, yeah. like... I don't have they, they they do have it but don't anymore I did um, but yeah people they, when you learn it's uh, I think it's first thing in the morning and then anytime after lunch right okay um, but when you see the impact it has it's quite addictive. profound it's, okay. yeah 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 it's, yeah not necessarily addictive but it's just like oh I'll, I'll do that again yeah because okay. that helped me you know and it's so easy mm. you know? um, so yeah I was meditating. And all that. And I don't know how I heard about ayahuasca, but I got interested in it somehow. And um, funny story how it came to be, but I ended up in a conversation with someone um, and they so happened to have just done an ayahuasca ceremony. And I had been just looking up somewhere to go and do one. Do you believe became, in the universe and mm, the alignments of like, you know. And they would say that, you know, the shaman would say that the, the plant called you, you know. Yes. Stuff, and whether oh, you believe that or not. goosebumps <laughs> right now hearing you say that. I don't know whether you believe that or not. You know, it's a, it's a individual. But uh, as I say, I ended up in this conversation with someone who had um, had done a ceremony and they had a very good friend who was a shaman. So they put me in contact and I, I was lucky enough to be able to, I won't say where, who or whatever, I was able to do a ceremony, a personal ceremony with her and she was amazing. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it's a, a vine, ayahuasca means a vine of death um, and uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, it's two plants um, which are combined and it's mixed up and they grow naturally in the Amazon and one of them contains DMT. It's kind of buzzword as well. Yeah. The other one is an an MAO inhibitor. They just so happen to put these two together. An MAO inhibitor is a monoamine oxidase inhibitor, and that basically uh, allows the DMT to be ingested orally. 
Okay. So right. it allows it and it slows it down, I believe. So I mean, DMT. I think if people do DMT, it's very short. It's five ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the ayahuasca ceremony can go on between four and six hours. Um. So. Yeah, so um, I decided to go ahead with it, and you do this. Are you um, absolutely shitting yourself? Like very going nervous. over it? Yeah, yeah, I was very nervous. Um, you do it a dieta, it's called. I suppose mm. it's a preparation diet. Am I allowed to ask? Had you? I mean, you don't have to answer this. Mm. You don't want. To. Have you? Had you experimented in your partying days with hallucinogenics? Oh, plenty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, okay. So yeah. you had an idea of kind yeah. of like the hallucinogenic yeah. end of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very easy. And this is the thing: people think that ayahuasca is a drug, a yeah. party drug. It sure as hell is not mm. a party. Sure as hell is not <laughs> enjoyable. You're not doing it for a good time. You yeah. know, there's none of that, you know, any of the hallucinogenics drugs or whatever people want to do and, and they enjoy it and enjoy the process. It's it's a different thing. You know, they, it's seen as a plant medicine and people do it for for healing purposes. Mm. You know, people do it for physical healing purposes, but a lot of it will be mental and um, yeah, psychological healing. Um, so, yeah, you do this preparation diet, which is an elimination of lots of things. And the idea is to kind of ground you a bit and, and cleanse your body as well, because you're about to put something into it. And yeah. to, so that you're able to, um, I suppose, deal with it when you do drink it. Um, and then and with that is is a lot of meditation and taking time to yourself and stuff like that. So you're kind of gradually and I took it quite seriously to gradually um, uh, leading towards, you know, the ceremony. Yeah. Um, and actually, I've heard of people flying off to do ceremonies and not doing the, the diet or the dieta, uh, the preparation diet. And um, I, that's a terrible idea. Because and this is like no, no, it, no phone, no social media yeah, and then no social food media, as well. No caffeine, no alcohol. Caffeine, alcohol. I think it was meat, avocados, nuts, random things, sugar. Chocolate, wow. yeah, rather than things like, yeah, uh, and the social media and, or or news, external negative things. And you have to, you know, set your intentions and what you want, your reasons for doing it mm. and all that, and whether you want to discuss them or not. And then anyway, so you're kind of there, but definitely, I was definitely nervous um, because once you decide to do it, you start looking it up <laughs> and then you your stories yeah. and this, that and the other. But the shaman, she was amazing um, and she talked me through everything and anyway uh ceremony went ceremony went ahead and it uh was unlike anything you could even imagine um <laughs> you know please you think, divulge you think that you can imagine what's going to happen when you take a uh, something is hallucinogenic or whatever yeah but you can't it's uh, i suppose <laughs> it's just um I understand this now as the DMT, you know, but uh, you're kind of almost shot off into this other realm world. Yeah. And I am very, a very rational person. I would think, oh, well, your mind can achieve anything. You can think of anything and you can, you know, imagine things and you can dream up this, that and the other. But it's unlike anything. It's unlike when you dream, you dream of things in this world. Yeah. you know or things you've seen it's unlike anything that you can dream of or anything that comes into the any remit of this world um and that's it and then through that it's it's long and it's trying and there's um a lot of tears uh, for me there's a lot of tears and a lot of things are are shown to you and things come up from your past and mm. uh, whether maybe you want to see them or not but you're forced to deal with them this is the thing that freaks me out yeah mm. and um i mean obviously in the long term 
it's beneficial, you know, and yeah. they, they say that the, the ayahuasca plant will show you what you need to see. Yeah. You know, for me, it was very apparent. Uh, there's a lot of dealing with death mm. and uh, an awful fear of death before, you know, and, uh, and it's called the vine of death and the ideas that you go through the process mm. of dying and all that kind of stuff and rebirth and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you have the, the physical side of it, you have the purging. Yeah, a lot of vomiting. Um, but it it's it almost feels nice. It's a nice feeling. So you want to, you Is know, it's almost cleansing release. in a way. Yeah, like you yeah, feel like you're really. Yeah, I hate to be um graphic about it, but you know when you're sick and mm. you've got a stomach bug, mm. and then you get sick, and mm. you get that really like where you're just like getting everything out, but you're getting sick, and you hate the fact you're getting sick, but you feel afterwards that sense of. Oh, yeah, a bit of finally relief. it's out. Kind of, but it doesn't stop. <laughs> so it's just so uh, all-encompassing. This is something that's amazing. It's like, you think you're in control? Sure as hell aren't. Yeah. Once you're in that experience of ayahuasca. Are you aware? Do you have any oh, yeah, safety yeah. in that moment? Like, <laughs> yeah, are you aware that the amazing. shaman is there? And Yeah, and you come in and out of it. It kind of comes in waves. And she's there and she's amazing. And... um and she kind of very able to read the situation and what you need. And um, I remember just like coming kind of to and feeding my hands were wet. And I was like, what the hell is this? Why are my hands wet? Is she pouring water over me? Mm. And then I realized that it, they were my tears, you know, and Holy it was just I was flooded with tears and just they were just coming out, you know. But, and she was there and she was helping me and she had me lie down, you know. Are you able mom, to converse with her in this moment? Yeah, yeah. I remember actually at one point because you go through the whole thing and you, you're in your head and you're, I was lying down and I was experiencing everything and whether you call them hallucinations or not or whatever is going on and the thoughts are coming up and things are being shown to you and you're dealing with them and all that kind of stuff and then I remember kind of it eases off a bit and I remember just looking up at her and going fuck <laughs> she started laughing and I started laughing and we were just both like and I was like oh. holy shit you know and she had said to me there's going to be times when you, you might need me you know and just ask yeah. for me or whatever and it goes on and then you think it's the thing is it's quite relentless it it continues and it's in your face and it's there and mm. you go through waves and you want it to you know you're like okay I've had enough and I remember hearing myself saying that to myself I've had enough I've had enough I've had enough I get it I've gotten almost a lesson I've gotten what I felt I, I I needed to see from it and um and then it you know tapers off throughout and everything I you know so is there anything good in it like oh, is there there is actually in a way some good feelings some nice uh, nice feelings mm. like you are there you're totally there you know you're not like and you're not freaked out yeah you know what's going on you're experiencing it you're in mm. you know what's going on uh, are you seeing um a version of like I, I always imagined it like my fear of it would say for example mm. you would see a friend, a loved one, a family member, and then you would see them, something will be revealed to you about them and that you would come away from it and see them in a new light. And it mm. might it might be beneficial to you, but it might change the dynamic of that relationship then for, you know, going forward. So that that's because, you know, when I think of like childhood yeah. trauma and maybe yeah. things that are like that I would like to do it for to bring up, I then go like, oh, do I really need, can I not just like... For me, get on with things and and not 
you know take the risk I suppose yeah for me there was in the second time I did the ceremony there was a lot of that but what I took from that was a lot of forgiveness and a lot of uh, understanding you know um so and why did you go back the second time God, you know <laughs> was there so something from the first time that you were like well another thing is is uh, so yeah you finish and all that's fine and you know you go home and uh, you wake up the next day and you feel good you feel like newborn baby you feel mm. fresh and light and everything and that's that but there is a reintegration process that I think is strongly overlooked and it takes a long time like I think that was two years ago and only now am I understanding the lessons yeah that I've had from them and you're not you know you're not right in a sense you know you need to take that time to wind down and and figure it all out because it's it's been quite a shock you know physically and emotionally you know and that's something I think people can quickly overlook like you know you hear people hopping on a plane and going to do like six or seven ceremonies in a, a week good luck if you had asked me the next day to do another ceremony not a chance you know are you even shook. able to answer a question the next day oh yeah you are you're you're totally fine you feel really good you know but yeah. um i feel uh, like you would be you would nearly need to be babied in a way like wrapped in a yeah, blanket yeah, and minded or yeah. something you know and i didn't yeah and now i know that yeah i know anyone who's seeing me doing it i mean i think it's not to be taken lightly at all um there's lots of other things you can do for you your health mental health physical health um before getting to that point yeah it's not a, a you know people think it's you know something that's going to fix everything mm. it might all i know is my experience not everyone has the same experience as me yeah. not everyone i had a pretty hard time both times very hard time uh not everyone has such a hard time so you know it, it, it like some people are fine yeah they go off and do a couple of them and they're fine but it is something to take into consideration that you can maybe look after your nutrition which has a huge impact on your well-being yeah. sense well-being and your and your mental health you know mm. your gut and your brain um you know so linked and you almost can't separate them um uh you can look after you can exercise you can meditate you know all these things the stepping yeah. stones to it and they're all things that people can do you can start doing jujitsu which is going to do a hell of a lot start you. there first but in terms yeah. of, of the ayahuasca like what the healing that you got from it do you think that you could have got that healing elsewhere or could you mm. have only got it by actually doing that 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 ayahuasca i don't know um very they're very strong lessons for me that mm. i can take from them now um is it like an understanding of mm-hmm. life is yeah, it like an understanding of you were doing wrong in the past or yeah. what exactly like what is the me, the kind of overwhelming sense that you get when you when you come out of it um only now i was saying only now can i see straight away you're not you know you, it takes a long time and uh, to figure it all out but yeah um for me an understanding um my perspective on life and death mm. is huge i was always so scared of it and and when you you kind of panned out and you look down on everything and you see like all oh, those things that people worry about and things that people are freaking out over and you know panicking over uh, they don't really matter you know yes. you look you see the the grand scheme of things mm. and you feel a much greater understanding um, and you I'm, take things a lot lighter and you don't need to take things so seriously I was I, I was terrible for taking things so seriously you yeah. know I'm getting stressed about things um, I remember you saying to me actually when we were speaking about this before that you had this great analogy where you said that it was in that moment that you're describing it looked like 
uh, the world was an ant farm mm-hmm, yeah. and all these people were having all these like life dramas and issues and yeah, all these little around. ants and you're just looking down and I'm going like look doing? at this lovely little like ant farm you're living on why yeah. don't you just yeah. enjoy it and that was like a moment where I got chills and I was like shit yeah and I there still you feel go. that and you see people going around I always think it's so funny you see people on a Monday um going around really angry on a Monday morning real grumpy and it's like you're grumpy because you're alive you're grumpy because you woke up on a Monday morning that's what's you know that's that's the only you know obviously and it's like you know cheer up (laughs) and that was it and I still see that quit your job go don't do it do what you want you don't have to do it you know yeah Yeah. like like no one is making I have to go to work Mm. I have to do this you don't have to do Mm. anything do you don't want to that make you happy recognize the things that may give you joy and go towards them do those you know and be unapologetic about it you know and when you see go into a situation or you do something that that takes from you don't do less of that (laughs) go into that situation less you know um because people have a choice you know Mm. and we really do and and when you see that perspective it's it completely changes things you know the old life is short thing but yeah and and everyone's lessons are are completely different different what they get from it Uh, yeah second time I did it with a friend and he was absolutely fine so (laughs) he's like I'm having a great time here in the jungle (laughs) having a terrible time you're like pass me the buckets he's like pass me a beer (laughs) so you know uh, obviously I probably had deeper things to work on yeah and I went one deeper but um, yeah I've never really shared that with anyone but yeah we uh we've we've delved yeah, yeah. like God. long into this and we could go on for another nine hours before I let you know very yeah. quickly of all your experiences to mm. date what in your opinion is the secret to happiness wow um like i said identifying the things that that give you joy you know and the things that make you feel good going towards them getting to know yourself um and because it's different for everyone mm. you know and i am being able to figure out what makes you feel nice and happy and gives you good feelings and and doing more of those you know doing less of the things that take from you and that that make you feel bad you know for me of probably of all the things that i've done uh jiu-jitsu might be the the main thing that's yes. like one of the biggest things anyway me that's too. just and i never thought that mm. i thought I'm just trying something out. I thought it was exercise. I thought, you know, I never thought about the the mental health aspect of it and what it can do for you and how it can just be so amazing for... From every aspect, yeah. from all aspects. Yeah, so... So start jiu-jitsu. Everyone who <laughs> just... Go, I guarantee you, so, uh, someone, someone oh, who... who anyone who listens to this who yeah. trains jiu-jitsu is now listening going, I need to go train. They're listening to it at two o'clock in the morning and they're like, I need to go train, I need to go train. Yeah. But listen... Thank you so much. That was unreal. Such nuggets of information. Like, so good. I'm going home to eat a head of broccoli now. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much again for coming in. Like, a great second episode. And you're so knowledgeable. And I probably will get you back on again to talk about leaky gut yeah, in, like, in <laughs> That's the easy detail. part. Give me the science questions. Yeah, so absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Hayley, thank you so much for coming in. No problem. Thank you. Woo. 
Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.